0: Hello and welcome to the Feminist Podcast. I am Wendy Frias. And I am Janine Padilla.
1: We are two New York City Latinas who join forces to create a
0: space where we talk about all things female wellness. Together, we will discuss and demystify all things related to women, such as mental health, mindfulness, lifestyle, and more, all with the side of New York City sass and spice. Hola, mi gente. This is Wendy. Hello, beautiful souls, this is Janine. Today, we're going
1: to talk about how you can take charge of your nutrition and achieve your health and wellness goals. As women, we know how important it is to prioritize our physical well-being and make smart choices. Whether you're looking to improve your overall health, lose weight, or simply feel more confident in your own skin, we have some tips that can help. So grab your favorite notebook and pen and get ready to learn some helpful and practical advice that can help you look and feel
0: your best. I'm so excited about this episode because this is like right in your wheelhouse, Wendy. So I feel like not only are the listeners going to gain so much valuable information with this um topic of discussion today, but I'm going to walk away knowing a little bit more as well. So you you really should also get like a certification in nutrition as well. Just That's just a sidebar. No, I don't you know. know.
1: I have thought about that, but I'm thinking like holistic nutrition because yes.
0: body, everything's connected. So thank I, you I can that. I No, I can totally see it because every time we have conversations, like I, I was just like, once we chose this topic, I'm like, oh, well, you, it was your idea to do this topic. Um, But this was, yeah, I'm like, this is all of Wendy's Alley. So go ahead, my love. Take No the
1: pressure lead. though. No
0: <laughs> pressure. So. I grew up, so everyone knows, I've, in previous
1: podcasts, I've said my mom is an immigrant to the United States. Um, she came in the 70s um, from the Dominican Republic. And my mom grew up in a farm where she would fondly discuss um, drinking milk like right out of the cow so that they would milk the cow and she would drink that fresh milk. Um, she would also talk to me about walking to streams and getting fresh water and making their own foods and growing their own foods. Um. So she was, she grew up being very natural, very much a naturalist. Um, as an aside, my grandmother actually used to grow her own tobacco. So it wasn't, it wasn't only food. She would grow her own tobacco as well. So it was a very, um, a natural background where she ate a lot of good foods, got a lot of good, um, nutrition from what she ate. And, and that was the life that she lived until she moved into the, to the United States, um, However, growing up, she always wanted to emphasize the importance of eating well as best as she could with what was available to us at the time. So I grew up with your regular Latin staples, such as rice and beans, and always having your protein on the side, like chicken or steak and things like that. However, my mom always made a conscious effort to make sure that everything was as natural as possible that she would give us. So if she made sofrito, for example, she didn't go out there and buy anything pre-packaged. She would like cut up the onions, the garlic, the red peppers, the, the green peppers, the yellow peppers, mm-hmm. um, get the tomato paste, let it sit. Um, let it sit for a while, then cook it up. She would make everything from scratch. She would never, she just thought that it was best to make everything from scratch. That That's how she grew up. And that's how she taught us. I mean, if you can think about it, like these days I buy the canned beans, but what right. my mom would do, I remember in the mornings I would see, so the night before, actually, she would take all the dry beans. She would put it in a big bowl. She would add water to it mm-hmm. so that she would cook it the next day. That's from what I understand, that's the right way to sprout your beans, Right. So to get your beans going. Now we have everything in cans where it's already been pre-cooked. You can take it out and use it. But from what I understand, that's the best way to do it, and I'm thinking about actually going back to that.
0: Um, uh, yeah, I love that. I mean, my grandmother, my grandmother would do the same thing, Um, and my boyfriend's mom sometimes does that. But it's but I know you'll get into this. But it is a time consuming process, which is why I think a lot of people easy so way out it. to buy the like, I get that. Yeah, but if you like know what you're gonna cook for the
1: week, like I'm gonna want beans this week. Take those beans, and it's not. It's time consuming, but it's not really that hard when you think about it. You take those beans and you throw some water on them and you let them sit. Like soak overnight. Yeah, Yeah, it's not that difficult. It is right when you think about it, when you break Mm -hmm. it down. So I'm thinking about getting into that. Uh, As far as water, water is concerned. That's really all I drank growing up. My mom rarely permitted anything other than water. So I lived in one of those homes where we would never we would never have soda in the house. So that's hundred percent. We would never have soda in the house. We would only have soda when it was the holidays. So if it was like Thanksgiving or Christmas, my mom would give in to soda, but she would always get the sodas that had no color. So in her mind, this is before social media. This is before my mom didn't read anything in English. This is just mm-hmm. new. She thought that anything with colors was inherently worse for you than something that was natural. So if she was going to allow soda, it was going to be Sprite or ginger ale. Right. Like, that was it. That's as far as we went. And as far as cereals, oh my God, I have <laughs> memories of feeling so um, like, like I didn't have what everyone else had just because of You were of the deprived. Word. You were neglected. I oh my the, God. Thank you for the word. word. I was so <laughs> deprived. My mom would never buy- Lucky Charms. You know, that's all you saw in the commercials as a kid. I know. Mm-hmm. She would never buy Lucky Charms. She would never buy tricks. She would never buy cookie crisp. She would never buy anything like that. It always had to be the cereals with very little color. So I would get um honeycomb because my mom at that time thought it had actual honey in it. It may have, I don't know. Honeycomb right. and she would buy kicks and she would buy cornflakes. Like besides that, like I would have to put my own sugar to feel like it was frosted. Clean. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> the struggle was real. Right. Like I've done right? that, right? Yeah. So it was
1: like I couldn't have any of that because she just thought that being natural as possible within our means, because we had very tight means growing up. She wanted me to make sure that I was healthy.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. So me growing up. What is- about you, Janine? <laughs> were you the of Lucky Charms? Oh my God, I did eat those cereals. It was horrible. So <laughs> I want—I I think for me, growing up, like my recollection of it when we, you know, when I started like thinking about it as we're like getting ready to prep for this for this um discussion is I wouldn't say that I was necessarily um raised as um like we that we were health conscious per se eaters, although. Like my family, my grandmother, my mom always um, integrated foods, I guess, that they considered healthy options. So normally, you know, I would eat the typical home-cooked meals, right? Like you stated, the rice, the beans, um, the uh, uh, protein on the side, whether it was Benin, pork chops, chicken, um, whatever it was, right? And then they would throw in a vegetable. So the vegetable was like the way of saying, like, okay, we we're throwing in, in a healthy option here. Although, like what we learned from Tanisha, like the rice and the beans, none of that is really unhealthy. It's just what we're putting in it and all that other stuff. Um, but so there was always fruits in the house as well, because my mother is a lover of fruit. So growing up, we did eat a lot of fruits also. Um I did like to drink milk a lot. So my mother wasn't really a milk drinker, but I loved milk. I still do love milk to this day. So I always enjoyed having like at least a glass of milk a day. And I know back then, you know, there's different things going on now. But back then it was like, you have a glass of milk with your meal. Like that's what you gave kids. Oh my God. We're so similar, Janine. I used to have to have a glass of milk before bed every me night. too I love I it love and my, my mom, mom would warm it me too and my mom would warm it up sometimes and oh I love it we weren't she wasn't really putting all this other I don't even know if that shit exists maybe it did like the quick and all that like it I did. Got, did. yeah I had that much later on but younger like it was always just plain old milk um and I and I loved it I enjoyed it so much right and uh let me see what else were I'm trying to think Oh yeah. So, but with saying that, like once my parents got a divorce um, and my mom and we were, you know, back in New York and she's a, a mom raising two children on her own as a single parent and then going to work, that's when things got a little bit more difficult. And it was like, they were just nights that she's like, I don't have time to cook. Like, I don't have time to make the rice, the beans, or this, or that. Um, And my mom cooks really well, but so we weren't, you know, it wasn't odd for us to like eat McDonald's or Kentucky fried chicken or pizza oh, or you Chinese were the one. You were the rich kid. <laughs> I could never have that. It was, was, was that rich kid food? food? Man, I never had McDonald's. It had to be like a special occasion for McDonald's or KFC growing up. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, my ass, my mom's ass did not shy away from, from giving that to us, especially during the moments when those were treats with my dad when they were together but like once the separation happened no there was just we needed quick we needed you know on the table um get these kids to eat uh water wasn't really a thing my mom doesn't even really like water to this day like i have to be like mom drink water um so growing up we i wasn't really a water drinker my sister and i and um there was soda but it was normally um well, no, now it's ginger ale. I don't even really drink any soda really per se like I don't keep that in my fridge now like my fridge now there's no soda except my mom's ginger ale and um that's about it and juices rarely um so we do have a lot of water here uh but my mom back then it was like the Cokes, the Pepsis, the sprites, the seven up, and then um ginger ale is kind of what we would drink oh and and when we did when we couldn't afford like soda then it was a packet of kool-aid in the worst type of sugar (laughs) but a packet of kool-aid because you could buy like four for a dollar or whatever 50 cents whatever it was back then and put that shit in a big jug of water and we had something to drink for like you know a month
1: (laughs) that's so funny if my mom thought it was healthy she would buy it like i remember we always had Tropicana. That she would always buy. But if things were a little low, then she would get Sunny D because oh, she thought Sunny, Sunny D. D, right? Sunny Delight. Yes, she thought I, Sunny I Delight had juice. She thought yes. it had juice in it or <laughs> else she would have never bought it. She I forgot say.
0: about the Sunny D. We did have that as well. We had Sunny D too.
1: <laughs> right? Everyone had that. Everyone had that. Oh my God. This is nostalgic for me. I love talking about all these things. <laughs> so nutrition, one size does not fit all. So for me personally, eating well has always been part of my life in one form or another. Um, The reason being that my grandmother died of diabetes related complications when I was around 10 or 11 years old. My aunt died of of diabetes related complications about six years ago. My father currently has type two diabetes and my niece was diagnosed with type one diabetes at around, I think she was like 22, which is very rare and um which is very very rare and mm-hmm. then when i was pregnant with my daughter who's 10 now i had gestational diabetes so for me being um a health conscious is really important to me because it really means my life you know so this is something that i've dedicated part of my life to now with all that being said have i had setbacks of course i've had setbacks nobody's perfect i remember going to college now you heard everything I said about being limited, right? Right. <laughs> when I got to college, there was Lucky Charms every day. There oh was boy. Fruit Loops every day. There was pizza, chicken wings, those French toast sticks. My mom would never buy Egos, very rarely. So for me, this was like the mecca.
0: So I started
1: <laughs> eating. It was. It was heaven. It was heaven. I. I. I just loved the food. Um. So I gained a solid 20 pounds when I went to wow, like solid. I could not fit into any of my clothing. Um, I didn't feel all that well and it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good look for me. Um, so, you know, at that point I started to see how the way I was eating at home was so much healthier than the Western kind of diet.
0: I have a question for you regarding that. So yes. because I'm, you have younger children now, like for me, whatever, whatever I expose my children to, that's it. It's kind of over at this point. I mean, I can teach them healthier habits um, as because they're young adults, but whatever. Um, but you still have younger children in the home. Yes. So with your experience of you being deprived of these certain foods, right? And then going to, off to college and now you have the freedom to be like, oh, like I can now have access to everything I want. Um, And then you did indulge in those things. Would you say like with your own children, because I know you're really health conscious and you are with your children as well, mindful of like the foods that they're eating also. But do you ever think like maybe I'll allow them like small little indulgences so that their experience differs that not only are they educated about nutrition and why you give them the foods that they... Are eating and and even showing them how to cook with those foods, but then also allowing them little like treats every once in a blue moon, so that when they go off to college, they're not like it's not like a repeat of this. Like my mom, all we ate was this and this and that, and now it's like I'm independent, right? According to them, in college, and I'm gonna just try this and try that. I mean, I don't know. What's that's a great no. It? That's a great point and
1: a great question. So I'm going to give you both angles to the story. My 10 okay. year old has never eaten at a McDonald's or a fast food joint.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's hundred percent. She doesn't want to eat there because okay. that's just who she is. Now, my younger one, very, my older one who's 15, rarely eats at fast food joints. With that being said, my husband is a physical education teacher and a coach. So for, for us, we were very, we try to be very food conscious with that being said. My husband loves sweets. He loves just yesterday. He had his cocoa puffs, right? Okay. <laughs> so how we try to even it out is that we try not to eat sweets during the week. I don't any days, but I let them do it. Um, I don't eat sweets during the week, but during the weekend, we, eat whatever we want. So if we want to have, um, you know, cookies and cakes and, you know, a little juice, or if we go out to a birthday party, they can eat anything at the birthday party that they okay. want. there's mm-hmm. no limitations to that. If they want to try something that's indulgent, I let them try it because I don't want them to feel like they're being tied up all their lives from what they eat, um, what they can eat again with my mom is because we didn't have the finances to buy some of those things also. So okay. that had a lot to do with it. It wasn't, it was about being healthy, but also we couldn't afford fast food. We couldn't afford all these things. Um, so I give them a lot of freedom to try things, but even if they go to college and they gain the freshman 15 or the freshman 20, I know that eventually those things that I've taught them within their childhood is still ingrained in them. And they will go back to that eventually. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we don't drink water. My children do not, I mean, sorry, we do drink lots of water. We drink water with our meals and our children actually, they don't like drinking anything else with their meals, but water. So it's just mm-hmm. something that's ingrained in them. So I'm hoping that those little nuggets that I've given to them, they'll be able to utilize later on in life. But that's a great question. Thank you, Janine. You're welcome. <laughs> for me, thank you. For me, I've tried numerous eating styles. Um, some people call them diets just to see what felt best for my body and getting to know myself. I've tried high fat, low carb. I'd been, I've been vegan. I've done the intermittent fasting. I've tried all those. And to be honest, what feels best to me is eating lots of fruits, and this is what I'm doing now after all these years trying all these different things, is eating lots of fruits, lots of vegetables, um, eating meat once or twice a week, eating gluten free, and drinking lots of water and of course coconut water. Um, that's just the way that my body responds, um, and that's the way that makes me feel worse. If I eat something and I get a stomach ache, or I don't, or I feel sluggish, or I feel tired afterwards. I try to stay away from those things because I feel like it's my body talking to me about what doesn't work.
0: Yep. I love that. Um, and you told ta- you mentioned the intermittent fasting. I don't think I've ever really gone on. I've never done it like a fad diet thing. I just, I never did. Like, I just always have kind of like, um, eaten what I wanted. Um, and I'll talk about that to me, that sounds like a lot like intuitive eating, um, But the intermittent fasting, like I know people that do this and they swear by it. Um, And some of the methods, you know, the method essentially for that is that you're alternate alternating periods of eating and fasting. Um, So I have a friend where she won't start her meal until 12 noon because her and her husband have a tendency of going out and eating later. Um, And so she'll start her meal at 12 noon and then she'll stop her meal at 8 p.m. And then, you know rinse and repeat day after day after day. And that works for her. And when I was doing some research on this, like, well, what are the benefits of that? It, aside from the obvious weight loss stuff, right? You reduce your calorie intake and that helps lead to fat loss, right? And um, some of the studies were saying, like it can help, the intermittent fasting can help with improved metabolic health. So it can be linked to improvements in your blood sugar, uh, cellular repair, which helps to remove waste and damaged cells improved brain function um, so that, and I know we spoke about this with Tanisha from Plant-Based Vibes, that whole like brain fog, right? Certain foods that you eat can um, help reduce that brain fog. Um, so it improves uh, cognitive functioning. This was interesting. Um, and I kind of have mixed feelings about this one, but some researchers also suggest that intermittent fasting can promote longevity by reducing the risk of age-related diseases. Um Obviously, I take this one with a grain of salt because, you know, genetics play a part in that. um, And it's just not about the intermittent fasting. It's also about other lifestyle changes as well um, that you would have to make in order, not just with foods, um, in order to kind of promote um, having being less ill as you age. Uh, So, you know, just be mindful of that one. And then they say meal planning, right? Less eating, less prep prep and cook time. That's just obvious. Uh, But with like everything else, I would say with the intermittent fasting uh, to just be aware because it should be done safely and preferably with the guidance from a healthcare professional, especially if you're someone who has underlying health issues or a history of disordered eating, which makes complete sense to me
1: total sense. Because if you go a bunch of, you know, 10 to 18 hours without eating, and you have an eating disorder, you might take that
0: to uh, a different an extreme and I eat all day. Right, exactly. Um, And so then there's the intuitive eating, which I had never heard about until my daughter in law mentioned it to me a few years ago, because um she was initially going going to go into the coaching space for this. And for me, um, for, for intuitive eating, it essentially means listening to like the signals from your bodies um, that, te- that tell us like when we're feeling hungry and when we're feeling full and making choices for ourselves about the foods that we are consuming and what feels satisfying to us and filling our bellies. Um, the main point of intuitive eating is rejecting the diet culture and just honoring our hunger right but being doing it in a mindful and a meaningful way so it's all about making like peace with our food respecting our bodies enough to learn like healthy ways to cope with our emotions so that we're not like if we're sad or depressed we're not overindulging and eating a whole bunch of foods or on the flip side of that like restricting access to food consumption because of our emotions and it's kind of just trusting ourselves with the food choices that we make. And also allowing ourselves those little simple pleasures, right? Of like having a cookie or something and not necessarily banning that completely from um, our diet. And so for me, you know, by now, for those of you that are always listening in, I'm always preaching balance, right? Balance in everything (laughs) that we do is key for me. And so yes like growing up um you know there were some foods that we consumed because we're latinos and everything's made fresh at one point but then in my you know teen years uh middle middle school teen years high school years uh and in, into my 20s and on like no i wasn't always consuming and i have not always been consuming the healthiest of foods but now as an older woman i can see the benefits of why I would want to integrate healthier options into my daily eating routine. Um, and that has become really important for me. But again, I don't deprive myself of like the things that I occasionally crave. Um, and, but I also don't, you know, consume stuff in excess either, right? So for me, balance, 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 balance. It's all about, um, you know, just trusting ourselves.
1: Yeah, I just realized that I have been intuitively eating because it's listening to your body, Mm -hmm. seeing what works. If something makes you feel unwell, then maybe not eat that, right? And um, so I think all of us in one way or another intuitively eat, where we eat something, we're like, you know what? That made me feel like shit. I'm not eating that again, right? Right. So just listening to yourself. Um, I like what you said about indulge, but don't eat a box of cookies, right? Like have a- (laughs) But don't eat half the box. Like, that was my issue. Like, I love them so much that I have to have the entire box. So, it's just about learning to give to yourself without going over an ex- in excess. And right. meal planning, meal planning when you work and have children is really great. Sometimes I forget my nuts or I forget like um, something and I go to Janine's office. Janine, you have an olive over there. You have uh, some nuts because Janine is really good at meal planning. She
0: is. You are. I try. Am I? And not this, not the past few weeks, but no, I do try to have like my tuna. And I do buy my spinach and all of my veggies and to make like healthy salads, because honestly, there really is not, there are not many um, healthy options (laughs) to eat uh, from near the job. So if we don't bring our own stuff in and then you're like going into starvation mode, you're going to end up just eating whatever crap there is out there. Absolutely. And talking about hidden,
1: talking about foods and all the different healthy options that we try to bring uh, to work, there's some benefits to these foods. Like I said before, I like to eat foods that are good for me and make me feel good. It's that simple for me. If it makes me feel good and it's good for me, why not? Do I love fresh cookies or those warm donuts? I love them. I do. But do I get a headache afterwards? Yes. Do I feel like crap afterwards? Yes. So I try to stay away or I limit how much I eat. You love sweets. (laughs) You love sweets. Just thinking about that, I'm like salivating. I know, I
0: know, I can see it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like if I go on vacation, I'll have a little peace, but I won't go overboard just because I know like my for my blood sugar, it's not healthy. Um, so I know a few, there are a few foods that I've been integrating into my diet that I feel are wonderful for anyone to try to feel healthier. So I thought I would share them with you guys today. So um, I would recommend, the first thing I would recommend is coconut water. I love coconut water. Right now, I find them at Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. I'm sure there's some other supermarkets that have them. The main thing about coconut water that you want to focus on is try to avoid excess sugar. So when you turn it around in the back, there's no need to add excess sugar to that. So if you see they add three grams or four grams of sugar, stay away from that. Also, you can check Costco, those kind of places. Why do I love coconut water? First of all, it has electrolytes and it keeps you hydrated. So unlike sports drinks like Gatorade and things like that, that are loaded with sugars and flavorings, coconut water doesn't have sugar. It's low in calories and low in carbohydrates if you're watching your your sugar levels and if you're a diabetic. Some studies indicate that it can help with hydration specifically after you work out. So if you have a, a tough workout or something like that, you wanna try coconut water to rehydrate your body. It's also high in potassium. Um, So most people don't get enough potassium in their diet. Um, The mineral, this mineral helps remove excess, this mineral helps remove excess sodium from your body through your urine. Coconut water can help lower, also lower blood pressure. So again, it's low in calories, free of fat and cholesterol. It's also really good at preventing kidney stones. I did not know this. So in in the United United States, States. States, right? In the Mm -hmm. US, 11% of men and 6% of women have kidney stones at least once in their lifetime. Hopefully I never have this. So staying hydrated is key to preventing them. So drinking coconut water as part of a balanced diet could be great. Also, if you like to look good and you like healthy skin, coconut water may also help fight against acne due to its antimicrobial properties. So it kills germs, right? There was a study done in 2017 that shows that consuming coconut water may help you um, besides reducing the acne. um, It increases antioxidants and neutralizing the effects of free radicals, which means you might have less wrinkles and things like that. So blueberries. Oh, my God. Do I love blueberries? I have blueberries, blackberries and raspberries every morning. I love them, too. Right. I throw a little Mm -hmm. cinnamon on top. Of course, you can't get those all year round. And if I like having fruits first thing in the morning, um, I get them frozen and then I thaw them out the night before and then I eat them that way. And then also what the cinnamon does, and this is why I pair it, it kind of helps the the sugar content in that fruit go into your bloodstream a little slower. So people with diabetes, this could be helpful for them.
0: Is there a difference between um, fresh and frozen? No, there doesn't
1: seem, to, from what I've looked up, there doesn't seem to be much of a difference. If I can have fresh, I'll go for it every time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, we live in the Northeast. We're not going to find that. Right. So blueberries can help uh, with your heart health, bone strength, skin health, your blood pressure, diabetes management, cancer prevention, and mental health. So one cup of blueberries provides 24% of a person's recommended daily allowance of vitamin C. It is jam packed full of vitamins. Also, I hated this when I was a kid because <laughs> the black seeds in the middle just look icky. But papaya, papaya is so good. Um, so I told my husband to get me one today. I hope he could find it. If not, I have to go out and find one. So the possible health benefits of consuming papaya include re- reduced risk of heart disease, diabetes, cancer it aids in digestion. My mom has told me that if you're constipated, di- um, papaya will really clean you out
0: mm, um, without giving okay. you
1: diarrhea. Like it's not, and it improves blood, clu- blood glucose control in people with diabetes, again, controlling that sugar intake. So I'm saying people try some of these things. I hope it helps. If anything, it tastes delicious, make a smoothie out of it and enjoy.
0: I love that you mentioned all of this, and it makes me think about um, this. uh, There's a series of books by this author called Gil Paul, and um, I have a few of the books, and I think there are like six of them. Um, I wrote them down here that I'm going to name, and the ones that I have are uh, Eat Yourself Calm, and that one essentially talks about like the ingredients, the foods, and the recipes that aid in reducing stress in our life. And then another one that I have is called Eat Yourself to Energy. And that one, again, is ingredients, foods, and recipes that help you get through the day. And the last one I have is Eat Yourself Happy. And that one is um, helps promote to improve your daily mood. And the other three that they have are like Eat Yourself to Smart, Eat to Stay Young, Eat Yourself Thin. And I remember being intrigued seeing those books because I'm like, that's when I, this, and this was years ago that I purchased the three that I have. And what sparked my interest was the whole, like, eat yourself calm, eat yourself happy. And I'm like, wait, what is this about? And that's when I started learning more about how foods affect, you know, more in depth. Because we kind of have an idea how some foods can make, like you said earlier, make you feel sluggish or just off balance. Um, but I really wasn't aware um, how in depth the way that you just went into listing some of these foods, how, like what the benefits are of them. And by reading some of these books and using some of his recipes, um, it's been really helpful. Uh they're in storage right now, but I don't need Oh my to- God, can you bring those books? Bu- oh my god, you have them in storage. I really wanna I do.
1: which I one I really wanna see the um the calm, eat yourself calm. I never heard okay. of these books and I'm so interested. If you Yeah, can- check
0: them out. They're on Amazon. I don't think they're that pricey. Um, and again, I found them by chance and bought them years ago and it was there's so many good little nuggets and gems of like all this information that you were just sharing with us. Um, you know, come, com- comprise, right. Is that the word? I don't yeah, know. That. Yeah. But okay. Comprise. I'm like, I'm like having a brain fog now. Um, in in this one, in these books, um, and they, you know, I thought that it was super helpful and super informative. And the connection with food and mental health. Absolutely.
1: yeah. Love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Janine, for that. I had not heard about those books. So you just taught me something. So let's talk about food. We talked about food. Let's talk about vitamins. Now, the best vitamins to me are natural foods, but we can't always get that, right? Fruits, vegetables, greens. Sometimes there's issues. Sometimes we're in food deserts. That's a real issue. So um, I remember as a kid, everyone was on B vitamins. Like we used to have this reddish vitamin. It was always in our fridge. We always used to get B vitamins and fish oil. In my twenties, I don't oh, recall. Fish oil. Remember that fish <laughs> the oil? Fish oil. I don't remember the B vitamin, but I remember that fucking fish oil. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like it was cultural. Everybody was on this shit, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but in my twenties and thirties, I had no vitamins during that time. And I never got sick either. But I never had any vitamins, took anything, anything like that until I got older. And then when I, when I was pregnant with my daughter, then I started thinking about vitamins that my first daughter, I started thinking about vitamins that I needed to take in order to make sure that she was born healthy, which included fish oil. So that's interesting. Yum. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So some of the vitamins that I take on a daily basis, which I think are beneficial to basically everyone, of course, talk to your doctor, but this is just something that I do, um, is vitamin D. So vitamin D you get from the sun, right? But if you live in the Northeast, our winters are, you go you go to work and it's dark, you come out and it's dark, you get no sunlight for six to seven months, sometimes eight months out of the mm-hmm. year, right? So this is something we need. And I'm always low on vitamin D no matter when I get tested. So it's just something my body doesn't, doesn't make very well. So vitamin D is amazing. It strengthens your immune system. It prevents certain types of cancer. It boosts your mood. You notice how some people say in the winter they have something that's called sad seasonal affective seasonal disorder. seasonal depression. Yeah, seasonal affective mm-hmm. disorder. So it's because during that time also your vitamin D levels are a lot lower, right? So there's a correlation, there's a connection with that.
0: That makes sense. It can mm-hmm. Aid
1: in weight loss. It can lower the risk of arthritis. It lowers your risk of type two diabetes it can help lower blood pressure and it might reduce your risk of heart disease. So, even for that, try a little vitamin D. I usually go with the um the liquid kind because my body absorbs it a little better. Get it with K2 and that's easier for your body. Look those up, they sell them all on Amazon. They're really great for your body. Especially people of color, it takes longer for that sun to penetrate through your skin, so you need a little more vitamin D. Vitamin B complex I've been hearing about vitamin D, like vitamin B, like I said, since I was a kid, everyone used to get it and where I lived. Um, this is very good for cell health. So the growth of your red blood cells. So if you're anemic, this would be wonderful. Your energy levels, your eyesight, your brain function, your digestion, your appetite, and proper nerve function. The other thing that vitamin B is awesome for, it helps with your mood. If you have any kind of mood issues, there's always a connection between low vitamin B levels and mood. So definitely you do,
0: do you take vitamin B complex in the form of a pill? Cause there are shots no also, right? Like you can get yes. a, a vitamin B shot now, which I thought about doing. And, and vitamin D there's places that give you those as well, but I
1: take it in a liquid form and my body um, accepts that really well. And my numbers okay. go up when I see it in my lab. So um, I do liquid, but if you're very low, you may think about um, injection doctors give okay. that. And one of the other most important things is your gut health. So your stomach is considered your second brain. Um, so if you have um, diarrhea or if you have constipation or if you have constant stomach aches, that's gonna affect your mood and that's gonna affect how you feel, right? When you're constipated, who feels good? Nobody, right? right? So taking a probiotic, speaking to your doctor about a good probiotic for you, whatever you're dealing with is always a good option making sure you have a more healthy bacteria in your gut than unhealthy bacteria is really important. Um, If you're constantly getting sick, look into probiotics. If you have a lot of yeast infections, look into probiotics because everything really does start in the gut.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Um, which I actually, I'm going to show you something because I actually do have some, some products that I have purchased that I include in my shakes when I make my shakes. Um, in terms of when I was younger, really quick, just, yeah, no, my mom gave me a Flintstone multivitamin. And that was my, that was my first uh, introduction to a daily vitamin routine was my mom giving me these chewable Flintstones. Um, other than that, once I hit my, you know, teens and young adult years into my 20s and 30s, no, I was not even thinking about fucking vitamins or what, you know, I wasn't thinking about that stuff. I was, you know, drinking, you know, beer and alcohol and those were the things I was putting into my body. I wasn't thinking about vitamin D or vitamin B. Um, but definitely in my 40s is when I really began talking to people and learning more again. Um, and just kind of rediscovering my body and things like that. And it's a, still a continued, continued journey um, in this world. Uh, but that's when I was like, Oh, okay, maybe my aunt is like, you should probably take this vitamin and that vitamin because this promotes this thing and the other vitamin promotes, you know, well being in another area. And so now is when I'm actually like, I have a daily uh, multivitamin routine. Um, Occasionally I have the skin, hair, and nail um, vitamin that I take, and I do have a probiotic that I take. And then I also have these, um, so there's this this product called Trust Your Gut. Have you seen that before? No, I don't know that one. So I make these shakes and you can, both of these things that I'm about to tell you about, you can put into, um, and I'm not, we're not getting paid for this. I just, this is just something that I found online one time um, and I started using it, but um, you can put this in like hot or cold beverages. And so this is a probiotic and prebiotic powder supplement. Um, and it's called Trust Your Gut. So you just started talking about all this uh, gut health, the importance of gut health. So I thought that was interesting. This one is is a raspberry flavor. And then the other thing that I also include in my shakes are the vital proteins, the collagen peptides. That's very good. Have yeah. you heard of the? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So this one, um, and it's really good. And this also helps support that whole skin, hair, nail, um growth and joint support so this is kind of where I'm at right now I'm still like in the baby stages um I don't want to again for me I don't want to get too crazy with um you know I balance balance doing things intuitively um like Wendy had mentioned listening to our bodies right um back in the day if I ate something and I felt like shit afterwards or full or got diarrhea or was constipated I would end up eating it again Like you're just (laughs) like, right. right? You just like when at some point in your life, you're like, oh, this makes me feel like shit. But then you're just this is what you're used to consuming. And so then you're still eating those things. And it's now that like my mom, myself, especially as we get older, some of the shit that you were able to like consume just is different now. Like milk, cheese now for my body, you know, like it, it, it doesn't sit the same. And so really paying attention to to our bodies and what they're telling us, like Wendy said, is super important. And so that's kind of like the season I'm in now is trying to learn a little bit more, taking my time and then eating, you know, what feels right for me. And, you know, speaking of seasons, don't feel
1: like you have to jump into anything and change your entire life. Incorporate one thing. Right. That's natural and it's going to be good for your body. Exactly. start there and take it one step at a time. So making nutrition a priority at any age is of the utmost importance. We never realize how important our bodies truly are until something goes wrong. In this journey called life, give your body the fuel it needs to treat you right. Remember, listen to your body. It is always telling you
0: what it needs. Amen. And it's obvious there is no one-size-fits-all approach to nutrition for women. Each woman's nutritional needs are unique, and they may vary depending on factors like age, activity level, and underlying health conditions. So do your research, avoid jumping on the latest diet trends, find out what foods make you feel good and are also good for you. And when in doubt, you know you can always hire a nutritionist to guide you. I believe nowadays most insurance plans cover an individual to meet with a nutritionist, Um, even if it's only one time, I just found out that uh, mine does. So, you know, call your insurance hotline and find out if yours does as well. And on that note, I hope that this conversation was informative. I know it was for me. I learned I was writing my own notes as when he was speaking. (laughs) I had my pen and paper and I'm like, oh, let me write all these notes. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I hope everyone got some good tidbits from this. Uh, Peace out. Bye. Thank you for being part of today's podcast. If you love the content of this episode, please download, share, rate, and review. If you want to know where else to find us, check out our links in the show notes. We hope
1: this talk brought you a little further along in your wellness journey. Have a topic you want to discuss, we want to hear from you. Reach out to us via email at feministpodcast.gmail.com or hit us up on our Instagram handle at feministpodcast.com.